Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, and welcome to another Ominous Origins podcast. This week we are still celebrating women in horror, and of course, we are still sponsored by MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Go check out Morbidly Beautiful while you're listening to this podcast for all sorts of great reviews, interviews, retrospectives, introspectives, top ten lists, whatever you want, they have it. Currently, it is Women in Horror Month, as I just said, and they have a whole slew of great content for you to enjoy, featuring nothing but women in horror. Today's interview features a brand new podcast to the Morbidly Beautiful family. Yes, the Spinsters of Horror, or the Horror Spinsters, and their podcast, I Spit on Your Podcast, will be joining this great library that we have already put together. They were indeed kind enough to sit down and have a chat with me about what they think about horror, women in horror, and feminism in horror. They have a lot of great opinions and a lot of great tales to tell. So, here are the Spinsters of Horror. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Alrighty, I'm here with the horror spinsters, Kelly and Jess. How's it going? It's going well, yourself? Really well, thank you. Good, good. (laughs) It's a beer clock for me. It's beer (laughs) clock. It's getting there, definitely. Yeah, I got plans after this, so let's wrap it up quick. No, I'm kidding. Um, So, yeah, uh, first I want to welcome you to the Morbidly Beautiful family. You guys decided to uh, join our network of of some podcasts we got going, and it's only going to grow, so that's fantastic. And I'm really happy to have you guys aboard. And when you send us an email, it's like, that's one of our, our first responders i would say to that uh sort of casting call if you want to call it that even and uh i was really really impressed with with your guys stuff and i'm really sad i hadn't found it prior especially since you're both canadian (laughs) i try to look for canadian podcasts and and sometimes you know it the the pod verse or whatever you want to call it is so massive that you can just get lost in a sea of stuff I agree. I agree. Which is why, you know, when you're like, I'm in Guelph, like, dude, you're an hour away from me. How is this even happening right Right? now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this could have been an in-person one for all, you know, like as opposed to doing it remotely. But uh, (laughs) that does take some coordination still. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I'm very excited to have you guys aboard and uh, I'm looking forward to your next episode, which will be roughly a month from now because you just released one a couple of days ago, right? Uh, yeah, we yeah. released one earlier. A week ago. Yeah, yeah but a week ago. We, about a week we ago now, yeah. About, um, release on the last day of every month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's already, yeah, that late into February. Eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeez. One week in, exactly. Yeah, one, exactly. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was about, uh, it was, it had to do with Buffy the Vampire. So I gave it a listen. Um, but I do have the attention span and memory of a goldfish. So I don't remember everything exactly. Um, but I do really like your take on, well, the genre as a whole, first off, and your knowledge of 
the episodes, especially when it came to the Buffy stuff, you're just dropping names like left, right, and center. Like, <laughs> how, I, how do you know? Like episode two or season two, episode four, it was called. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know Xander. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's watched it so much since like it came out, first came out, so she knows tons about Buffy. Right, right. So is that one of your favorite uh, like series of all time? Would you say? A hundred percent, my favorite show. Hundred percent. Yes. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. And yep. Jess. Uh, it is becoming one of my favorite series. It took uh, Kelly a while to convince me to move away from being obsessed with the original film oh, and yes. watching the series because I, for some, I for some reason had a bias against Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, <laughs> and it was like, no, it's all about Chris. Uh, it's all. Oh, I can't even remember her name. Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. Thank you, yes, and uh, Luke Perry. It's all about that. Oh but then, yeah, Luke Perry was in that. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. David Arquette in that too? Yes, oh yes. Was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A bunch of them, like Hilary Swank, uh, oh Ben Affleck, god. like a bunch of them. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot Batfleck was in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, I mean, coming from the movie specifically, then being a huge fan of that, going to the show, what did you like? Did you instantly get attached to it after? Or did it take a couple of seasons for you? Like, okay, fine, this is all right. Uh, I think it took. When I remember started watching it, I. Did remember that Kelly was like, just get through the first like season. I know it's kind of hard, but mm-hmm. you will like get hooked, right? And I definitely was. Like once I got into like season two, and we got more introduced to like more characters like Spike and Drusilla, mm-hmm. um, and started going more into the mythology of the Slayer, is when I found I was I was getting hooked, and I really liked the language, and I love Giles, and yeah. so yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the original Giles was uh, Donald Sutherland, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh yeah, there we go. Another Canadian connection. That's all. <laughs> Um, so I got to ask about the name, the horror spinsters, where did that come from? Cause there's a name tells everything, right? Uh, and I struggle with naming stuff all the time. So when I see something like what you guys have, I'm like, God, that's really good. I really kind of wish I kind of thought of something better than you know my original names and such. But, um, yeah. So where did that sort of come from? Uh, it came from an idea I was having. So, you know, I had just gotten divorced and separated and, you know, Kelly was on her own too. And we were talking, which we is like about our lifestyles and mm-hmm. how we are both like, you know, we're spinsters, like at heart, <laughs> we are both spinsters, you know, <laughs> we love our cats. We've got two cats. We love our, our, t- our alone time. We are very independent. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I love, you know, to craft and knit and I'm all like, you know, I'm like, I'm the typical like in-home spinster where like Kelly is like the more like, uh, I like Sophia of Golden Girls or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the more wild spinster, but wild uh, spinster. You know, I used to make fun of Jess, you know, sitting home with her cats, drinking from a really fancy tea mug and <laughs> knitting away with her glasses on. And we, I used to make fun of her. We'd laugh about it. And then, you know, we kind of just embraced the whole idea. And when she came to me with this idea of calling our project the Spinsters of Horror, I was into it. And for me, I think what a spinster means, I think it for everyone, it's kind of different. But for me, it's just creating your own, you know, happy ending and your own authentic life and not fitting into any kind of social norms or stereotypes or anything, just living the exact life that you want to lead, leave lead. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Again, long week. Um, the, the life that you want to lead, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think we both live unconventional lives in a variety of ways. And I think I did love the name in the beginning, but coming into July will be our two year anniversary. Right. And I think just 
everything that's happened over the last almost two years, I've really embraced that that term a lot. It's pretty incredible, actually. Yeah, well, if the shoe fits, right? Yeah, and it's exactly. All about, like, taking back that the power of that term, right? Because everyone, I remember when I first was swinging the idea by a couple of my friends being like, oh, I think we want to call ourselves the spinsters of horror. And they're just like, why would you want to do that? You're not right. a spinster. You're, a, you're still a young woman. I'm just like, that, that's no, it's okay. Like, I, I embrace who I am, and I don't think it's a bad thing to be a spinster. No. Right. Those women were very independent. Yes. So and that's really what it's about. It, things only have negative connotations if you take them that way. If you take it and somebody's like, you're a Spencer. It's like, yeah, and? Yes. <laughs> right? It's exactly. only an insult if you make it an insult. And it's, yeah. it's one of those things like, uh, I think this was Daniel Radcliffe. This is a little off topic, but I think Daniel Radcliffe said, and again, it could be the wrong person completely, so please correct me if anybody out there um, <laughs> knows who actually said this, but he was asked once if he was insulted when somebody called him gay. And he said, no, why would I be insulted by that? Like, mm. it's it's not an insult to be gay. It's just a person, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. giving somebody a name like the spinster or a, a, you know, calling somebody a derogatory term, you know, given, with the exception of a couple, you know, which we won't mention, yeah, um, for sure. are, you know, you, you take what you have. And if, if you embrace it and if you identify with that, you know, you know, I am that thing. Nothing wrong with that. Why would I be offended, exactly right? Yeah, for sure. And there's there's this really great article that we reference and we go back to, I think, often. And it talks about kind of the main kind of feminist uh, feminist and there's certain terms that they're taking back. And Spencer's one of them. Bitch is one of them. I don't think witch is on that list, but I mean, witch has a ton of negative connotations related to it historically, historically obviously. Yeah. But you know, a lot of women are finding an empowerment in a lot of these certain terms. Like slut is also one of them. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, they're just words. And, and meaning yes. you can assign any meaning you want to them. And if you want to say, like we said, if you want to take it and make it a good thing, that's all the power to you. I, I mean, that's great because a lot of people can't do that. You know, they, they can't take criticism or they can't take, uh, you know, being made fun of or something. They get really angry. But if you take it as your own, it's perfect. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did go over your website, obviously, before I did that. I had to do my research. And... Um, mm. You guys are very much into the the feminist side of horror. So what does that mean to both of you? Like, if you were to describe to anybody, random person who's never really heard of feminist horror or feminism or horror, for that matter, how would you describe that to them? You know, what's interesting is that right now in our bio section, we have um, our kind of definition of feminist horror, and which has been published on, I think it was seven, Seventh Hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jess. But uh, anyways, yeah. it's a website. I that was it. Uh, yeah. I read, read yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, seventh row. Thank you. There seventh you row. I would say for me, feminist horror, if we're going to go with, along with that term, is just a place where women can really be free, free to be who they are, warts and all. So <laughs> there's many. Many movies where we're portrayed very negatively, but then again, it comes down to, well, some may view this very negative, but some of us find it very empowering. So mm-hmm. this month for Women in Horror Month, we're, you know, we're exploring and looking at coming of age horror. And there's tons of those types of movies that these women kind of are monstrous, but we all find we root for them and we find very a lot of empowerment through, you know, showing that women 
can be bad. We can be evil. And, you know, that's fun and interesting to explore because we're supposed to be so demure and, and like timid and meek. But no, we're human beings. We have some rage. We have, you know, emotions. And so I think it's uh, great to see that expressed. Yeah, absolutely. And is that where kind of the name of your podcast, the uh, I Spit on Your Podcast, comes from? <laughs> that uh, that movie, the uh, I Spit on Your Grave? Because you just kind of described that whole thing. <laughs> like that was kind right? of the, the plot of that movie right there. Yes. And it's well, sequels or sequel. Yes. I don't know how many they had, but... There's a few. There's a few now, yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, for me, I like a play on words right. and references to things. <laughs> Fair enough. So I thought that that really just was a unique name because Jess came up with Spinsters of Horror and mm-hmm. I came up with the podcast name. I spit on your podcast. And at the time, Jess hadn't even seen the movie. So I'm glad that <laughs> she was okay with it in the end. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, whatever. That's okay. I don't get it. But don't I knew it. all about yeah. it, right? So I was just hadn't oh, watched it yet. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Makes... It's a very strong name. It's a very... You know, that you want to think of it that way, but a very strong, like, horror name, feminist mm-hmm. name, female mm-hmm. name, just a strong, unique name for a podcast. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. It catches your eye. And you just kind of want to be like, what's this? Click. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> like you. I said, there's a lot in a name, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it, it can tell a whole lot about the podcast or whatever it is you're trying to get out there. So it's definitely a good one. Um, is, Thank you. Do you. I assume you both like that movie. Oh, oh, I, I do. Grave, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll have Jess answer this one. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, like, I, it's, it's like, it's one of those movies where, like, and I think we, t- we talked about this in our Rape Revenge episode, uh, episode five we did. Mm-hmm. It's a hard movie to watch. Yes. Um, but it invokes a lot of feeling in you and... Um, like yes, I, I do like I, I like the fact that she gets her revenge at the end, right? Um, and it all, but it also shows like the reality of how traumatic, like traumatizing that whole experience can be for a woman. So mm-hmm. it's like I, I can't say I like I love it. I, I watched <laughs> it, and I think it is an important film for the uh, subgenre of rape revenge, right? Um, yeah. So for me. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, I thoroughly enjoy rape revenge films, so <laughs> I find them hugely cathartic and hugely empowering, right, and they're absolutely. fantasies, right? Um, there's really only one that I find that is, is, is real, more realistic, more authentic, and that is MFA, which is the oh other movie gosh. we talked about in episode yeah. five on rape revenge. It's just much more grounded in reality, right. which is great. It's not like revenge, which is a wonderful movie, but it's built around a lot of fantasy. Right. And I love living in fantasy. The reality is really terrible. So <laughs> I love the fantasy aspect of it. No, that's definitely fair. Um, when it comes to uh, rape revenge movies, obviously that's one of the subgenres of the subgenre of the feminist sort of uh era or area rather of of horror what other kinds of you know uh, feminist horror would you suggest to people who are looking to get into it other than maybe rape revenge because you said like you said it can be a little bit hard to stomach at first especially if you've had traumatic experiences like that in your own life um if you were to have somebody come to you and say hey what uh, what can i get into to really appreciate feminist horror that isn't maybe that violent or that uh, gory or something like that Hmm. Uh, I would say you definitely 
just because something is written or directed by a woman doesn't mean it's necessarily 100% going to be a feminist film, which right. I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's just make art to be art. Right. If you want to have that kind of spin on it, that's fantastic. Um, again, like I said, I find a lot of the coming-of-age horror, so raw teeth, which we'll teeth. be talking about our next episode yeah. of the podcast. Uh, Jennifer's body. Ginger yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to look at some of the more... There's some... I'd say a lot of vampire films. <laughs> okay. So you're talking about no. Twilight, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those vampires, as, as women, they just really own who they are, and I think that uh, is really amazing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, in terms of like feminist. Like, we know we get a lot of the films, like the motherhood uh, genre, in terms of films. So you get. Um, I was just trying to think like the Baba Duke. I've been mm. listening to other podcasts a lot, podcast other podcasts a lot recently, and Inside keeps coming up, even though I'll probably never watch it because it's New French Extremity. But it's always uh, about that you whole might pregnancy. watch it. Oh, don't 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 te- don't, don't, don't do that, Kelly. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I would I would agree with I think coming of age horror. Um, I really the like, two films that I really enjoyed actually over the last two years. I think people would get a really would really enjoy too. It's um, Assassination Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, which was a really good kind of modern take on the kind of like Salem witch trials type I- I- ideal, and we've get um, that experience of what it's like to be a young woman in like in a social media age. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of same thing with Tragedy Girls, um, in that type of uh, genre. I would say um, a lot of witch-related horror. Oh, this is like definitely yeah. Jess's wheelhouse. It's okay. Some, I don't know. Why. Um, I'm on how the about spot. the witch? That's okay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to even oh, say it, what about the movie the Witch or the, the witch. witch? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely a movie that is an absolute favorite of both of ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great movie all around. Like uh, from cinematography to writing to acting, it was just mm. a really pleasant. I, I use the word pleasant in a just like a superficial sense like on the surface it was really nice to watch without going too deep like it was really well (laughs) shot really well done sort of thing i appreciate it as a movie um Mm -hmm. and then there's obviously the the subtext and the the underlayers and the the deeper meanings of what that movie represents but just on the surface it was like that's a really pretty looking movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly most definitely what about sort of subgenre of I, I know I've said subgenre like 17 times but um, something like Alien or Aliens that franchise with you know a strong female lead like Ripley kind of taking everything into her own hands would you consider oh, that sort of feminist? Oh most definitely yeah okay yeah, most definitely uh, Ripley is definitely a fan favorite of ours and for me the, the Alien franchise is one of my absolute favorites mm-hmm. um, definitely that along with the Scream franchise right uh, again women you know taking charge you know taking charge of situations taking charge of their lives doing the best that they can making choices for themselves it just comes down to again them being themselves and not fitting into any kind of mold which right. is yeah, really so important to see y- yeah, so it's like taking the slasher genre. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people go after the slasher genre being as being very misogynistic and it's all about like, you know, women, you know, topless and getting killed. But then you think you're like, well, no, you get your the trope of the final girl comes out of that. And yeah. then you get um, 
slasher uh, movies such as the Summer Party Massacre, mm -hmm. which is really feminist when you really look at the the, the subtext of that film, and is also was like directed and written by a woman at the same time. So I think that's a genre that's kind of is having its kind of heyday and a growth in terms of like women reclaiming it and saying, well, no, we don't we don't think this is a misogynistic. We think there's feminist elements to it. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the survivor is generally always a woman. And mm -hmm. she takes down the supernatural being, be it Jason or Michael or Freddy. In the mm -hmm. end, it's a woman that defeats the man, so to speak, mm -hmm. in both exactly. a like a, a metaphorical and a literal way. Exactly. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> so on the topic of feminist horror, what does Women in Horror Month mean to you guys? Just as a whole, like as a celebration, as a, a spotlight, as a focus, what does it all mean to you personally? Well, for me, I find it's like celebrating the women who not only work within the genre, who but who enjoy the genre and celebrating each other and creating a community, almost kind of like a sisterhood mm -hmm. of women where we can talk about our shared experiences of what it's like to be a woman. And I know a lot of women, there's times where kind of like you use horror to kind of heal from some traumas in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we have Women in Horror Month, we're able to celebrate that and really put an emphasis on some of the amazing things that are being produced and that are being, that are coming out in various medias, whether it's writing or it's on film or it's like short uh, TV, like a television series or it's, you know, special effects, like everything. For me, just a big damn celebration of women <laughs> in horror. And that's amazing because we don't get celebrated enough. So podcasters, artists, writers, directors, special effects, any of that. It's just a big old celebration. I yeah, love it. That's fantastic. Um, I, I, I spoke to Stephanie as an interview for this. It just went up like an hour ago, actually. And she had some really interesting points about uh, specifically Women in Horror and the Women in Horror Month celebration. And she had a really good quote in there. And I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to spoil a little bit of the podcast in case you want to listen to it. But <laughs> she, she said, we have Women in Horror Month, so one day we won't have to have Women in Horror Month. Oh, exactly. Like that. Right? Yep. Uh, that, I was yeah. like, That's, that should be like on a shirt. Or something. <laughs> that's just, that, that, Is that a merch idea you just thought of? <laughs> I, that's hers. That's it's all hers. Um, but but she has a really good point, and, and I mentioned in that uh, episode as well, and that you could say that for anything, you know, like gay pride. Maybe one day you won't have to have it because it'll be so accepted. It doesn't matter. Um, mm. And, yep, and exactly. where everybody's on an equal playing field, you shouldn't have to be recognized just because of your gender or your sexual orientation. You should be recognized as an artist, not with the prefix mm -hmm. of a female artist or a gay artist or a black artist or whatever the mm -hmm. case might be. And yep. it, it was she summed all that up in like 10 words. And it was just, I was like, <laughs> my mind was kind of blown. And I was like, oh, how do I come up uh, with something else to say about that? Um, but yeah, and she also mentioned she would like to really focus on or have more of the behind the scenes people, uh, mm -hmm. women especially, come to the forefront because we, we talked about different directors and different visual effects artists and uh, maybe it's because I'm not a huge movie buff like a lot of the people on Morbidly Beautiful are, um, but I, I couldn't name a single female visual effects artist and I felt terrible about it. But I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I know a couple of the big ones like Tom Savini and stuff but I, I think mm. something like Women in Horror Month is the time for those sort of people mm, to yeah. really get noticed 
Agreed. And even producers, you know, yeah. we look at when we uh, looked at the Halloween franchise, we talked about Deborah Hill, mm-hmm, which is a mm-hmm. person that was 50% uh, responsible for the creation of Halloween, Absolutely. one of the biggest horror movies, you know, of all time. Yeah. So it was important to talk about her and, yeah, just, you know, and producers and stuff like that, they're, they're responsible for ensuring and creating and helping create anyways uh, a lot of different movies so i completely agree with you people behind the scenes uh this is their time to shine so let's just celebrate literally every single person that has to do you know has their art in the horror genre yeah 100 percent. and yeah it's just what do you think is the reason that that's the case like why do you think that uh, these women who are visual effects artists or makeup artists or whatever you want to call them behind the scenes people aren't as notified or notified as as prominent i should say uh, do you think it's like a trickle down effect from the big hollywood tree just everything's coming down it's very male dominated in general in film and do you think it's rolling down or do you think it's something in horror specifically I think it's something is in the like film industry altogether that mm. it's like from its origins to kind of now it's been always been predominantly male and kind of geared towards you know celebrating the successes of of men over women right or mm-hmm. women and not only that too like women at the time when they started getting into these um, this type of work it's not seen as like that type of work women should be doing right. should be engaging in right so i think we're still working to move away from that old style of thinking that that we can't contribute in those in those in those ways i don't know if i'm making sense <laughs> <laughs> no you yeah. you are yeah no, don't worry. you're making complete sense yeah yeah <laughs> and agreed yes i mean Again, it goes back to the whole, it shouldn't matter who you are, what name you put on a resume, your work should speak for itself. Yes. And if, yeah, it's, right. if it's better than, you know, Sally's better than Jim or Jim's better than Sally, then that person should get the job regardless of, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't have to fill quotas. You shouldn't have to have a 50-50 workforce if, if the talent isn't on either side, mm-hmm. especially in something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah but... Uh, keeping kind of in that sort of vein of behind the scenes and we've talked a lot about movies so far outside of movies and I think Jesse mentioned you know it doesn't matter what medium it is whether it's writing or a film short long uh, TV whatever what do you guys like outside of movies in the horror realm well for me like my horror journey started with literature. Like I started okay. with reading lots about horror because I was actually afraid to watch stuff on TV. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, I don't actually want to see what I'm seeing in my head on TV. Right. And for some reason I was like, wait a second, what I see in my head is actually more terrifying. I don't know why I had that, right. <laughs> that thinking. So for like, for me, it's always been about uh, horror literature and I'm always, I'm also very interested in like the paranormal and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm always like reading up about haunted houses and right. experiencing and trying to experience stuff like that. So that's where it came from me. And then also uh, both Kelly and I are metal fans and mm. we both really enjoy. And there's also the aesthetic of horror comes into a lot of the metal music that we listen to. And we did a whole podcast episode about that. Uh, Kelly, what about you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Honestly, this project takes up a lot of time. So I I am a huge, huge film fan. Like I love, love movies and I have for over 25 years. That's kind of my predominant interest. But 
Um, when I was younger, I used to read a lot of horror novels, less so now, but I do love like the nonfiction horror uh, academia that uh, we do end up using uh, for our podcast. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of those books, so I find that super fascinating. Um, so reading reading definitely is on there. I love comics, though. Unfortunately, I have fallen behind on a lot of that horror video games. Yes. I have a hard time with horror video games. Yeah, if I have to story. actually be actively <laughs> engaged in the horror, I uh, have a very hard time. Yeah. I love them. I love watching them. I love making Jess play them and then I watch them. <laughs> I'm the and same way too. Fascinating. <laughs> they're, fun to, they're, they're fun to play, but they are terrifying yeah. at the same time. But you get that same Ugh. feeling when you're watching the movie, but only this time you're like engaging yeah, and waiting for... <laughs> it's happening to you. Yes, yeah, to yeah. you. Yeah, and you have avatar. to react. Yeah, Ugh. I know. It's, yeah. I, I'm the same. <laughs> way I try like I, I remember the first time or probably the last time I actually sat down to try to play a, a horror game I was probably oh, whenever they remade the Resident Evil 1 on like the GameCube or something so was probably like 14 <laughs> and I remember walking around a corner and there was just a zombie there that I had stabbed in the head previous and I thought I killed him and then he came back and I was like pause nope 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 off <laughs> that was it I'm done yeah but well, we did if it's survival recently. horror, yeah, I cannot yeah. play it. If it's action horror, right. I can play, though I'm still horrified, but at least like I can actually kill and shoot Because you can defend stuff. yourself, yeah. Yes. But if it's survival horror, yeah. let's say Alien Isolation, yeah. nope. Oh no, it takes me two, two hours to get down the hallway, so it's, <laughs> oh it's not yeah. the game for me. <laughs> Don't go in the vents. They're always yeah, in the vents. Oh, in the vents. God. And then there's oh nowhere God. to run in the vents, no. so no. you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing, uh, both Jess and I are really big board game fans, oh, okay. and yes, unfortunately yes. it's hard to find people to play board games with us, but yes. we love board games overall, but there's a ton of really wonderful horror-based board games, yeah. and I have a bunch of them, and sadly I haven't really played them because it's just hard to get it. A bunch of adults together to sit down and play a board game for some reason for, for a so. night or something. Yeah, yeah, but Is we it love like them. the the. Cause I, there's a ton of uh, horror board games. Obviously, um, are you more of a fan of like the the one one and done sort of thing, or do you like the more of like the role playing, like the Vampire the Masquerade or something along those lines? Well, that was my early days. Um, I used to play Vampire uh-huh. Last Grade, and I'm actually going to um, a surprise D&D birthday party tomorrow where Ooh. we're playing like a horror survival game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> game, but um, I also know like we also like to play like those types of board games where it's like, you know, you're sitting down and it's like things like Mansions of Madness mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. Elder Sign, Cthulhu Pandemic or Last <laughs> right. Night on Earth, like those types of uh, yeah. like they're like survival and you're like working with a group of people to like to go against the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, tabletop board games and like cooperative games and stuff like that. Um, I would say uh, I have the Buffy board game. (laughs) Obviously, obviously, obviously. Uh, you know, Dead of Winter. Yeah. Last Night on Earth. Uh, I have Cthulhu Pandemic. I have a couple of new ones that are Vampire Hunters and uh, Deep Madness, which is a Lovecraftian deep space game that I would love mm-hmm. to pull out. Just, again, getting the people together. The art- artwork is incredible, and I think that that needs to be talked about more because the amount of work and the f- absolute amazing, fantastic artwork on these board games is my favorite thing about them. So, and they're fun. They're wholesome fun. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like normally what I'm not into. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you're in Toronto. There's there's a pretty decent board game community in Toronto. Um, Like, I I don't know where about in Toronto exactly, but 
uh, like the uh, Snakes and Lattes, I think, is a place that has a lot of um, like a board game community. Uh, I used to yeah. know some people in it that uh, they they broadcast like D and D games on Twitch and stuff like that. Oh, um, so I mean, there's a community, but you kind of have to, I guess, go out and do stuff. Yeah, which, <laughs> you have to like meet strangers, meet new people, and like, I, who wants to do that, right? <laughs> I haven't branched out into like meeting strangers just to play board games. I'm, I right. still have that glimmer of hope that I could get people I actually know you and know. like yeah. to play the games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, like I'm a nerd, but not that nerdy. Fair, fair <laughs> and let's hope none of them listen to this. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, what else do I have for you here? Uh, so what about future projects? So the podcast is going strong. You're going into your second year, which is Wait, you, th- you said June, right? July? July. July. Yeah. So do you have anything planned for the big two years? Do you have anything planned beyond that? Any other sort of mediums you want to reach out into uh, for yourselves, either hobbies or, or projects or something that you want to share? For me and for this project, my big goal for Spencers of Horror was just increasing our exposure. So I had a long list of things to do. <laughs> and one of them was to get onto a podcast network. So... Right. You know, it's already February and let's check that off 2020 goals list, which is really, really fantastic. And side note, we're really excited, really, really pumped about this opportunity. So we're really excited to kind of get this going with uh, Morbidly Beautiful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and expand our merchandise, just different types of um, like images and logos and different things that we can have just to expand that for more people to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, for me personally, yeah, that's kind of been my big Spencers of Horror type goal for this year is just getting, I'm so proud of what we do and I'm so proud of the work that Jess does. So it's really just, I want to get her out there more, encourage her to get out there. I want our project to get out there more, you know, it was her idea. So, and I'm just proud of all of that. And I just really want to, yeah, my big goal. Yeah. Like I said, for this year was to, just expand our reach and i think we've already started doing that which is great and as for any plans for the big two years we haven't really decided on that yet besides maybe a big raffle prize (laughs) we definitely have some ideas in the works so it has been so those are yeah some of the big plans um i know for myself um which is also part of uh terms of the podcast is i want to continue um expanding my writing so getting myself more out there and hopefully get something you know i got my first editorial up on like a something ghoulish and that was exciting and Mm -hmm. i'm hoping maybe i'll write something for uh, morbidly beautiful and other places i want to continue on that uh, branch of things and also many years ago I always had this idea is I, I'm, I'm a crafter and I like to craft and I like to make a lot of really like dark kind of kitschy horror related like um, Victorian style. Um, They're adorable. Or- <laughs> 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 She's so like good at it. I love yeah. this idea. Okay. So I, I wanted to create a store years ago and I think now that with Spinsters of Horror and stuff like that, that this is a platform that I can, you know, branch off and kind of through that. So my goal is to get that store up and going and getting my crafts and my stuff out there in the world. That's awesome. Have, have you either of you ever considered going to uh, conventions? So like, uh, are you familiar with Horrorama? 
Yes, uh, actually. Yes. <laughs> have you guys been there? Did you have you ever? <laughs> we have you, have you ever like what's going on? Tell me more. We Sorry, now we're cafe. just laughing. We haven't even got you onto the joke yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, Kelly has been going to Horrorama. She's been a volunteer there since the beginning of Horrorama. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's always been a volunteer, and then the last two years like I went as a as a guest one, uh, three years ago and in the last two years both Kelly and I with a friend of ours um, we run the creep cafe so we we run the little like area where people can get coffee and, and the beer and stuff like that and the beer and yes. the beer okay. um, we're the tasters thank you very much okay <laughs> so when I was going over your website and stuff Kelly I thought you looked super familiar oh my goodness yeah. so in 2018 it must have been 2018 I had a booth uh-huh there for my podcast at Horrorama. Mm, mm-hmm. I was right outside the little cafe thing area. Um, so oh my goodness. Right, right outside the door was mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the hot sauce people. Yep. The, yep. the Salem's hot sauce. Mm-hmm. And I was right across from them. We actually switched spots because they needed more space. Um, and I had a bunch of photographs up there, horror-related photographs. Uh, as well as podcast stuff. And I'm like, I, I swear I know her from somewhere. Because on the Sunday I got, I, I, nobody came by my booth. So I was just like, I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> so Perfect. I spent a lot that's of time in that little area. That's what we're all about. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I was, that, that would probably be where I recognize your face from. Excellent small world. <laughs> no kidding. I couldn't tell you if I remember 2018 Horrorama, but yeah, that was one that had D. Wallace was there. Oh yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. Lynn Lowry, I think, was there as well. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was the first year for the Creep Cafe. Was it? Was it? There right. you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was. Yeah. It, it was very was. busy. It was. Yeah. So I've been I've been volunteering there for I, the first year. I did not. The next year. So I've been volunteering for five years. Jess okay. has now been a volunteer for two years. Really. Um, that first year, she kind of fell into it. She had bought a ticket and then fell into helping Allie and I run the cafe. <laughs> so we needed the help. This year, it was much more smooth, Okay, the, yeah, the yeah. running of it. But of course. Of course uh, honestly, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. But uh, yeah, so Horrorama, if it happens this year, because it's, you never know. You yeah, never you know never what's going to happen yeah. with uh, Allie, Chris, and Lewis. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> Lewis was a great guy. I love Lewis. Yeah, he was so yes. fun and, and just positive all around. All the time. Yeah. Yes. He is a sweet, sweet man. So I'm hoping they do it again. Uh, last year was a bit challenging. The Sunday, because the weather was so terrible. So it was yeah. not the, the not a big uh, profit-making uh, convention for them last year. Right. But uh, if it does go, yes, one of the one of our ideas is to maybe have like a shared booth with somebody else. Because mm-hmm. um, that would be super fun. And then also either moderate or be guests on a panel panel. and that panel may i don't not sure what it'll be but i have an in my good friend is Allie, and she's one of the directors of it so we might be able to finagle a little something out of her yeah Yeah, (laughs) i'm sure we can yeah lewis approached me about doing a a, a podcast panel this Mm -hmm. year but he never followed up or i never followed i don't know what happened with that but regardless (laughs) yeah no it's it's definitely a really good event um it's small it's it's personable I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun, and they, yeah. they get some pretty good guests. Uh, I actually did a yeah. uh, after during there. I was doing a bunch of interviews. So if you guys want to nice. go back and listen to those, <laughs> you're more than welcome Excellent. to. Yeah. 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 Um, definitely. I, I I interviewed everybody on the bottom floor there because I felt like we were 
the lost souls. Everybody went upstairs and only like a few people ended up kind of trickling down at a certain <laughs> oh, point. Yeah. So I walked up at one point, I'm like, oh, there are people here. Yes. <laughs> What's going on? Yes. Um, We're the basement dwellers. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I, you guys are probably the biggest attraction there, having the beer and the snacks and... <laughs> <laughs> that's very true <laughs> right. and then we had really great coordinated outfits this year so ah, okay yeah okay. Uh, um, i highly recommend checking out the gallery on our website because that's where all our fun photography is okay, okay. may or not may or may or may not be tons of me in the bathtub but you know that's just kind of a running <laughs> theme and a running joke <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh-huh. i mean everybody needs to take a bath once in a while why yeah. not document it? Exactly. Whether it be yeah. blood or water, whatever. Whatever. You know, mm-hmm. they're both good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if it's somebody else's. <laughs> who, who, who was exactly. it that bathed in blood? Mary something? Countess Bathory. Yeah. Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. Elizabeth, that's what it was. Claimed. Yeah. Claimed. Claimed. Yes. <laughs> Claimed, yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome that uh, that you guys have been there. You, I, I would suggest definitely getting a booth. Um even if you split it with somebody. Yeah. Uh, so I know uh, Kristen Zaza was there the one year I went. I think she went this year too. I don't know if you know who she is or not, but she's another uh, Toronto podcaster. Uh, she runs one called uh, On a Dark Cold Night. Oh, yes. I stopped by her with a couple times. Yeah. So she she's really good. Uh, she's she's cool. Um, you meet a lot of people there. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. And apparently people yeah. you don't even know that you're going to meet in the future, you meet there. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. So uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, you know, all your social medias, your website, uh, RSS feeds, if what uh, podcatching apps you're on, that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, let's let people know about you guys. For sure. Well, our website is spinstersofhorror.com and that's where all of our writing is, our bios, our photography, like all of our fun gallery photos and whatnot, kind of everything we're up to all the time. And of course, you can get to our podcast directly from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Jess, why don't you tell them where you can find our podcast? They can find our podcast on SoundCloud. You can also, we're also on, um, like from SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher and mm-hmm. iTunes and Spotify and Google Play, like all the other podcasting apps that mm-hmm. people can find us that way as well, too. And then people can find us on Twitter at Horror Spinsters. And then we're on Facebook at Spinsters of Horror. And we're also on Instagram at Spinsters of Horror. And Kelly, is there, am I missing anything else, Kelly? <laughs> Uh, no. Soon people, to, well, so, soon people will be able to be find us on Morbidly Beautiful. Yeah, that's that too. too. Yes. <laughs> and what about your merch shop? Do you have one set up right now? or? Oh, yes, we right do. Now. We yeah. have yes. merch on. Sorry, Jess. I have like two <laughs> headphones in right now. So sometimes I can't really hear what's happening. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say like people can buy our T-shirt on Public right now. And okay. we have some stickers on our website. Yeah. Okay, cool cool yeah you'll have to send me the link to that and it'll all go in the description and everything so awesome. um hopefully Definitely. we can get you some some people out there because i you guys have great chemistry i don't know how how long have you known each other just out of curiosity about 20 years about 20 years there you go so years, that yes. explains the chemistry <laughs> so, i mean sometimes people just hit it off they they put a casting call or something out on the internet and they just want somebody to you know shoot the shit with on for a yeah. podcast and it works out other times it's you know, lifelong friends. So mm-hmm. that explains why there's such good chemistry there. Um, well, I'm glad folks 
think that we do have good chemistry because I like to think so as well. Yeah. I just I just like to, you know, make fun of Jess all the time. <laughs> that's that's what friendship is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I do yeah. want to thank you guys for coming out. Is there anything else you want to say? Besides enjoy women in horror month, yeah. enjoy horror exactly. and stay spooky. Awesome. No. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you for sitting down with me for the last uh, 40 minutes or so. Um, and yeah, so the Spinsters of Horror or the Horror Spinsters and their podcast, I Spit on Your Podcast. You can find it anywhere you can find podcasts. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. My name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social media, on Twitter, at HorrorShotsProd, as in production, on Facebook, at HorrorShots, Instagram, at HorrorShotsPhotography, and if you do want to support the podcast monetarily, you can absolutely do that as well by hitting up my Patreon at patreon.com slash horrorshots. Lastly, if you want to show your pride for the show, you can do that as well. I do have a Redbubble store where you can get the Ominous Origins logo. You can also get the Horror Shots logo, as well as some original work that I've done in the past. And that link will be in the description as well. Thank you once again. Until next time.